Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Reconciling Grace. This is a podcast where we discuss passages and topics related to the Bible. With me today is Pastor Don McDonald from Danforth Reformed Church in Danforth, Illinois. Pastor Josh Kugel from First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. My name is Pete Vecchi. I'm Associate Pastor for Christway Community Church in Pleasant View, Ohio. And we are here to talk about godly decision-making. Pastor Don, Pastor Mac, I guess that's what you normally go by, Pastor Mac, P-Mac. Um, you kind of said you'll take the lead on this, and I believe that you wanted to start maybe with a scripture. I was, um, when we were thinking about, the, before we went online uh, to do this podcast, I know we were kidding Josh and I about how um, the process of decision-making is almost made for you. I mean, you start doing a text, and they start filling in the text before you even finish it. So I, I was sort of thinking about the reality of decision-making and how in some ways, it feels like with all the smart stuff going on now, we've gotten lazy in the process of decision-making and sort of working through some of our thoughts on that. And of course, I was looking over Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And when I was thinking about that Proverbs, I began to realize that you know, in our day and in our world, how do we lay out the way we make decisions? Do we start with scripture? Do we start with talking with other people? How do we do that? And I know I'm blessed with adult children that every once in a while will call me and, and they usually uh, affectionately call me the old man, have been the old man for a long time now. And it's sort of like, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think this is plausible? And so, you know, it's neat that they use my history and my life experiences to make decisions. And I guess that's sort of what, you know, as I work with my people here at Danforth, um, sometimes I scratch my head going, are you making the decision or is the decision making you in terms of what, what do you use to make decisions? And sometimes it feels like Google is the first choice rather than their own brain. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how accurate that is, but what do you, some of you guys feel on that? Well, I don't know if Google is the first choice, but I know whoever my favorite uh, politician or celebrity news interpreter or celebrity even is. It's funny, um, we're recording this the week after the Oscars and uh, I was watching as Will Smith uh, slapped Chris Rock in front of the entire world, it seems like, especially after it was replayed and replayed on every news and internet thing. It, it, was, it was funny how, without even thinking about it, the world immediately became divided, and it was based on what they thought of Will Smith, not based on, and so we've, we've gotten to where um, I, people call it tribalism, uh, and I think that's effective in it, but for me, if I watch a specific, 
you know, for many of us, if I see a world event, I want to immediately log on to see what somebody thinks about it before I decide what I think about it. Um, and so, yeah, I find, I find that we don't have a lot of original thoughts anymore. And you were talking about it earlier with uh, the way Google works and everything. I, I just think we've tuned out. Um, we trust technology a lot. Um, we Google things. I mean, we all think we're smart because we can, um, you know, if we're talking about Ukraine and Russia, and we get in a debate about somebody, we'll Google something really quick and, and act like we're an expert on it. Um, where it used to be that experts actually knew the topics they were talking about. Um, and so I think we often make decisions. I, I, sometimes it's good because we make decisions based on our pastor. <laughs> I think we all want, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. We're, we're all in our camps and we decide what we think based on what our camp thinks. And one, one thing, I, I've been preaching through the book of Revelation, and one thing I have not found in there is how we're going to be given a pass because we, uh, we can blame our camp for the, the actions or behaviors or morals we've adopted. Um, I think uh, Jesus is going to ask us, just like uh, I think it was Joshua who said, it's for me and my house. Um, you know, I don't, I don't care what everybody else was doing because you're not standing as a group before me on judgment day. Um, you know, so I, I think we have responsibility to make godly decisions in our own lives. So. And, and I think you said something that's so penetrating, um, Josh, is the reality of do you have your own own original thinking? Are, are you truly really going through and, and weighing out what you think before you totally absorb into a camp? You know, and, and I think that's something that, you know, we as Christians you know, ha have we truly, and I, my 30 year, almost 30 years, I'll be 28 years here at Danforth. That's one of the things I pride myself on is if I preach something and one of my people are upset thinking if it's not biblical, I'm, I'm in second heaven because that means they're thinking for themselves. They're not taking things carte blanche and to hear them call and say, Hey, P Mac, I've got my Bible open and what you preached on Sunday I, I'm having concerns with because this is how I see it. And, and then you I, say, well, I Googled it. And, and, and that's the deal. You know, we don't, we don't think for ourselves mm -hmm. like we should, I think anymore, you know, um, and maybe it's just my grandfather in my head, you know, cause he, he was from Scotland. He says, ah, oh, you know, the Lord created a mind for a reason and it wasn't to waste it. It was to use it. And that's usually when I was getting chewed out for not thinking it through all the way. <laughs> well, they, they say, just so you know, and just to back this up, and I think it's technology that's causing a lot of it. Um, IQ rates are dropping in developed countries all over the world. Yeah. Um, we're, we're getting dumber. And they call it a crisis of intelligence right now that we're having. Isn't that scary? <laughs> I mean, kind of, unless you're okay with, having to do as much for me it's nice to have a calculator right and it's nice to say i can say uh hey siri and um ask any question in the world and it'll give me apple's approved answer for it hey there it goes <laughs> i was waiting <laughs> but, but you got to be honest when you ask her for something and her is a a program that runs a bunch of subroutines that connects to a lot of databases that they continually flush to make sure it's the either politically correct or Apple approved or whatever answer, you're not getting 
you're not getting a non-biased response. Um, and, and I think God is calling us to, to not trust somebody else for, and this is why in the old Testament, we, we see over and over again, I think it's so helpful to study the old Testament. I think we, okay. we dismiss it at our own peril. We see over and over again, entire cultures move from being close to God to being completely away from God in one generation's time. Yep. And a lot of us right now are going, what's happened? This has never happened before. I, I can't believe people are changing as quickly as, as they are. And I'm like, have you not read your Bible? <laughs> We're sheep. <laughs> well, and the thing, Josh, is if, if you use your own mind and you realize, wait a minute, you know what? There's this thing called history here, and that's the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. discover for yourself what is going don't i always tell my people listen i do not want to be the final answer i want scripture to be the final answer. absolutely we, we need to let god speak for himself it, and we're yeah. just there to open the bible to make them want to read the bible i.e yeah. through the holy spirit mind it, you. It, it, it reminds me of the the joke i wish god would speak to me and the guy responds well open your bible yeah and and, and he says, no, I wish God would speak to me out loud. And the guy says, well, read your Bible out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what are you thinking through all this craziness? You've been pretty quiet. My turn to do that to you. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been looking for a place to jump in. Um, you guys have been talking about some really important things. Um, the one thought that I keep having is that throughout my life, I've always been kind of quasi-analytical about things. It seems that I can have a position on thing, on a thing or an issue or whatever, um, biblical or otherwise, as far as when I'm saying biblical, I'm talking about, it could be about a baseball game. You know, baseball isn't necessarily a, you know, biblical thing, or it could be something theological. And I will read the Bible. And then it seems to me that as I have grown in Christ, and I'm talking about from my youngest days as a Christian, um, you're always encouraged to, quote, read the commentaries. Well, this was before Google and Siri and all that stuff, read the commentaries, and then I would get to a different commentary, and a different commentator would say something different, and, you know, I am interested in what the Bible says. I think the Bible is God's word, and I believe that God speaks to us through it. But at the same time, I've often seen as, as we, we can just between the three of us, when I can't remember, I did, I did a count one time. I think it might be about a dozen different denominations that the three of us have represented throughout our Christian lives. Um, there's not always agreement within Christendom about what something means. Um, and I wish I could say that it's always cut and dried and black and white. Pete, what do you say on the beginning of this show every time we, we do it? That we may not always agree on every, uh, that there may not be full agreement on every point, but we do agree that the uh, way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and that's, that's important. Yeah. Um, because that, that's kind of what I was going to get at, is sometimes I think it's important to struggle with the answers, especially when it comes to things that are maybe societal in nature. You know, we've talked about things um, off air, about things going on regarding, you know, people's stances on, from things from politics to, well, Josh, you talked about the slap 
at the Academy Awards. And, and it's like, there are different ways of looking at it. You know, I know that Josh, you mentioned something in a Facebook post about how, if we want to look at it from the Christian standpoint, that Will Smith ought to be arrested because, you know, we don't condone violence. And that's true. But then you look at other people, either even from the Christian um, historical viewpoint, who are all worried about um, that, that you stand up for those who who are weak in society. And some people would say he was doing that because he was standing up for his wife um, because she was verbally attacked over a um, medical condition. I'm not saying that that's the right thing. I'm not saying that I agree with him being slapped. I'm just using that as an example of how you can have even Christians looking at the same thing, but kind of looking at two different Bible verses or two different aspects of the Bible um, to try to say that this is why they have that position. And, and the beauty of that, Pete, and, and many, many moons ago, I remember sitting with at a ministerial of RCA guys, and we were sitting having lunch, and he happened to be trained Pentecostal, really great guy, I miss him. And we talked about tension in scripture and about, you know, contradictions in scripture and all the above. And, and one of the things he said was in his learning time that all that tension creates like a rubber band and you're being stretched and you're being asked to think about it. And then all of a sudden that tension, that thinking becomes a godly movement in your head because you have to lean in on God and you have to lean in on us preachers and you have to have these conversations that it opens the door to critical. And I, I'm going to go with the word original thinking. You know, you have to figure out for yourself was, you know, was he standing up for his wife or did he act out in a way that was inappropriate? You know what? That's a fair question. How many of us have lost our temper and did something stupid and then later went, ah, should I have done that? You know, and, and if you are working in the area of thinking for yourself, you need to ask that question. You just don't want to take an answer that is arbitrary out there. You have to say, how do I own this? How do I experience this? And my frustration has become, especially as I work with the youth, they're too accepting of their smartphones and those answers. And in my mind, and maybe I'm old. Okay. I am old. I, I like my kids to think for themselves. I don't want them to take that final answer. I want them to say, how is this really what it is? Rather than saying, saying that. Hey, let me ask both of you guys some. Are you ever embarrassed by uh, the ways Christians represent the church with answers that are clearly not biblical but seem to make sense to them? <laughs> One of the things that I watch on TV, and I don't know if I should or not, but I, I get a kick out of watching human nature at play, is some of the judicial shows, you know, on television. Uh, and some of these people who try to condone their actions or explain why they're suing so-and-so for this because of what they're doing. It's like, where did these people get these ideas? Um, yeah, I, I don't know that that um, people are really thinking biblically at all. And I'm not sure if that really answers your question, Josh, but uh, 
Say, could you repeat it the way you said it? I think uh, I got off track. It's more how some people adopt a very poor understanding of scripture and then begin to represent the church with that yeah. poor understanding. And that's and that's why I was getting to that. I remember now I was getting to the judge shows because I have seen more than once on there, and it just makes me cringe where somebody will come up at the end of the thing. Well, I lost. But God knows, and God is going to get that person for that. And I'm a Christian, and I would never do this. And they were so far in the wrong in everything they did. Yeah. One of the things I heard a, a couple of weeks ago, I heard somebody say that Christians know more about demon possession from the exorcist than they do about the Bible. Hmm. Um, and one of the things is I preach through Revelation, I keep mentioning is that most of you know more about Revelation from books you've read about Revelation than you do from actually from the book of revelation study guides on it things like that um one of the things we have to constantly detach ourselves from our books like left behind might be a great book rayford Steele may be you know who we all want to be eventually or something like that but um we we have to decide to let god's word speak for itself and to be people of god's words not not other people's opinions about god's word mm -hmm. um and so I, I just find sometimes I find somebody going off online on somebody or even in person on somebody. And I'm like, you don't even understand the passage that you're using to beat that person up with or to bolster your position with or to make a case with or something like that. I, mm -hmm. so. Well, I think, too, though, that, again, we get back into the interpretation of, of Scripture with even people who are professing Christians. Um I, I've listened a lot, especially the last couple of years, um, to some different teachings uh, regarding the book of Revelation, and it's really interesting to hear people and, and the, the different um, understandings. Some of them are the preterist or preterist, I don't know how, I've heard it pronounced both ways, where they're basically saying everything that's written in the book of Revelation already happened. Um, I actually saw a pastor who I know wrote um on a facebook page that the book of revelation is basically uh already uh written in the first 65 books of the bible it's like really you know i don't i don't see the book of revelation that way for the record i i see the book of revelation as primarily a, a prophetic book um but at the same time i even get hearing people who are arguing and this is nothing new you know you talk about whether there's going to be a rapture and if there's going to be a rapture is it going to be pre-tribulation is it going to be mid-trib is it going to be post-trib is there going to be a a millennium and you get churches and denominations and speakers and christians fighting over these things and it reminds me of the old um saying that i heard from good friend who a lot of who really got into some issues, into some problems many years ago, but his name was Mike Warnke. And Mike had an album out a long time ago. He says, here we are, and I'm, I'm kind of um, um, paraphrasing here, but he said, here we are, the, the children of God, we're, the, we are armed with the sword of the spirit, the, the helmet of salvation, the, the shield of faith. Um, and what we do is spend most of our time polishing our armor and fighting against each other. So let me ask you, how do you learn to make godly decisions? Well, you listen to your favorite preacher and what they say is exactly the way that you have to flow, right? Because <laughs> here's, uh, here's Pastor Romans. Mac has been there 28 years and everybody better listen to him. 
There you go. Well, here's Romans 12 too, just real quick. And then and I won't talk. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God or allow God, I think, to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then once this happens, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What, uh, what translation are you reading there? The Josh trans. No, I'm just okay, saying. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, this is the New Living Translation. Okay. You know, because I think that's really the point of this podcast is, you know, how do you put together, I'll use the word system of decision-making ahead of time. You know, how do you, you know, and, and what I, I remember one sermon I preached a while back, I, you know, I laid out one of the mains that when we're dealing with approaching problems is one of the main points I make is always make sure you contact a trusted Christian friend. And the key word there is Christian, that they understand scripture, that they walk through scripture with you, that you start with scripture first and how that breathes into you, you know, because I, I think if you start with culture, you start with Google or, you know, Facebook or, you know, things of that nature, then your source is going to be, I'll get aggressive for a minute, heartily corrupted in such a way that you're not identifying the main source of, of making decisions. And that is starting with scripture first and a trusted Christian friend. And, and I hone in on that pretty big, you know, and I'm not afraid to say in your decision-making, you might find as you hit scripture and you hit a trusted Christian friend that you don't have a clear answer, but God does that so that you have to lean on him even more. So would you maybe even add to that, which I would, um, I would almost say even going to that before going to that trusted Christian friend, I would say prayer and just struggling within that within prayer. Cause yeah. I mean, sometimes prayer is, I mean, what I'm saying sometimes prayer is not supposed to be just my talking to God and laying out my wish list. Prayer is, you know, communicating with God and, and actually listening and asking him to speak to my spirit as well. Um, and there, you still might not get that that clear answer. And I'm not saying don't go to a trusted Christian friend, but uh, you know, let let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord speak to your spirit. I mean, after all, doesn't His Spirit live within our spirits if we've if we've asked Him into our lives? Sure, sure, agreed. Josh, you got this look on your face like you don't know what to say or something. <laughs> no, um, I'm just wondering if I should say anything. But uh, <laughs> one of, one of the things I. I you can't you can't help but hit in the book of revelation is how a lot of people trust in this world for salvation and the world always comes up short and we wonder okay i trust in god i go to church or whatever like that but so many of us and i think it really hits parents more than any other group um so many of us will sit our kids down in front of a tv show that we that's from a network that we trust and just simply kind of tune out of our responsibility um, and this week we found out that even, even a network that we've all trusted like Disney for years and years may have ulterior motives. And it just reminds me again, we cannot check out of any area of our life. We cannot check out to allow anything that is ungodly to have unrestrained access to us. We cannot continue to put our trust in the things of this world to save us from this world because the world is against the kingdom that we stand for, that we are part of. Um, and I, I just think even more and more lately, 
and it's hard to, I just think more and more lately, we're going to see uh, a difference between what God wants for us and what the world wants us for. Um, and it's going to require for sharper minds. It's going to require a, a stronger base of scripture. Uh, it's going to require, and I think, um, I think it's really going to just require, um, Jesus says, you know, I, I'll open doors that I open doors that nobody can open and I close doors that nobody can essentially saying that, look, I've got something for you that nobody else does. I've got a way of living that nobody else does. I've got an eternity that nobody else can offer a salvation. You can't get any other way. Um, and I think we're going to have to start making some in, intentional allegiances to the one that we claim to serve. And I think that starts and that, that should fall completely through all of our decision-making. Um, but we tune out, we check out. Um, I'm just as bad as anybody. I can sit in front of a TV for three hours and not even notice that three hours has passed by and um, not notice too that I've had about a thousand ungodly viewpoints presented to me in the, the process. Um, but but I, I think, Josh, the, the beauty of your statement is you're saying, now, wait a minute, we're all guilty of checking out. Yeah. And not really evaluating and using the minds that God has given us to say, is this something that fits within the scheme of how God wants us to live? Is this something that, you know, the phrase that I'm hearing you really, my thinking is, you know, do I use holiness as one of my keys of scripture in thinking about, is this something I really want to see? That's a decision-making issue, you know, and, and that to me, it's sort of like that in the world of the world, but not a part of the world. Mm -hmm. we're, we're doing that dance there, you know, and being aware of that. And I think really, when you think about godly decision-making and sort of why I wanted to bounce it around is I I'm strongly and concurrent with you, Josh, that we've gotten lazy. We're, we're, we're leaning too heavily on a Siri or an Alexa or, uh, you know, Google search and not enough on how do we interpret this data we've been given. We're letting other people interpret it and have our answer rather than us really sorting out the pieces and saying, hey, have I checked out? I, I, I think if I was going to preach a sermon, you just gave me the title. Are we checked out Christians? Would you say, though, Don, that um, perhaps the technology hasn't caused this as much as it has, as much at, as it has accelerated it? And the reason I say it this way is, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, you know, look up so-and-so's commentary. Well, you know, are you really doing anything different by looking up so-and-so's commentary than you are by asking, you know, Google or Alexa. Again, the, the Google and the Alexa things are more run by the world than by the, the Christian commentaries and stuff. But what we're doing is we're looking for information and, and maybe we're looking for information in the wrong places. Yeah. But, and Pete, I don't want to say too, it's all doom and gloom technology. We have more information than we've ever had quicker yeah. access to it than we've ever had. We could be smarter than ever. Mm -hmm. But we're consumers. We're, we're, we're not creators. We're, uh, I don't know. We're just, remember the movie Wally? -E? Did any of you guys Wall -E. see that? <laughs> Wally -E is the 
best movie. It is hardly um, a word is spoken in it either. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's. I think it's prophetic, or at least I agree. A good representation of who we are and are becoming. There's a, a spaceship. They've ruined the Earth. There's a spaceship. They're now in orbit, waiting for the Earth to become habitable again, and they can't walk around much they can't and so they rely on technology to do everything for them and by the time this robot comes to see them everybody weighs like 800 pounds and they can barely move at all and they just sit there and slurp drinks and eat and watch tv all day and are moved around uh these these uh floating wheelchair things all the time and so they've just become ultimate complete total consumers nothing original nothing creative nothing they, they don't contribute anything. Um, and, and if we're not careful, that's what we become too. And I think God wants us to look at everything in our lives and say, look, is this positive? For, is this a net gain? Is this, is this a godly thought? Parents are going to pay for this too, man. And we are, we are sheep. We follow culture. We, that's our tendency. The scripture calls us out on that all the time. Parents are going to pay for this if they can't learn to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing doesn't matter what culture is doing. It doesn't matter what's popular. It doesn't matter what they say on the Oscars. It doesn't matter what they say about this bill or anything like that. All that matters is when God says, hey, Josh, what did you do with what I gave you? And I'm able to say, you know what, God, I tried to honor you with all my heart, soul, and mind. And, and, and that's the way I did. Um, so I don't know. And I, I, I think the beauty of what you're saying, Josh, is you are putting together one way of making decisions mm -hmm. you know how, how that's the to me the point of this particular podcast is it's when i stand before god as that final judgment did i make decisions that gave glory to god that's your decision guiding yeah that's how you make decisions and, and i think people don't have that central yeah way of well, making decisions and, and some people are trading that eternal glory for a very temporary yeah glory yeah um you know if you pray in front of other people loudly and for yourself they may say you did a great job but i don't notice it right uh, yeah. pete i'm sorry i stepped on you well no i think i think you basically said about what i was trying to say um because i was basically trying to agree with what what you were saying there josh is is bringing up these these great things and part of the maybe only other thing that i would add to it is at what point do we decide and don you kind of uh, alluded to this scripture earlier about being um in the world without being of the world because not every single thing that we do can be separated from the world i mean we live in this world you know we are dependent on certain things um even in this world to get the most basic necessities such as food or drink or whatever um you know what would we do if we didn't have cash well i guess we're finding out now because everything's going um to credit cards and now we're going to digital coins and and whatever you know we're gonna have to be knowing those kinds of things perhaps that doesn't mean that they're good nor bad it means that they are um so you have to be able to live within the world but does that mean we can't have any interests that are not specifically God biblical focused? I, I, we talked about uh, in a previous broadcast, will there be golf in heaven? You know, does that mean that I can't have interest in golf or baseball or basketball or 
or anything like that? Does it mean, Josh, you talked about um, about the the one um, company, well, Disney, I guess it was, talking about is it doing things for family wholesomeness now, or is it getting more involved in in um, social justice, or it's it's kind of non-biblical views or whatever you know disney was always wholesome we thought or was it because was it ever really a god-fearing place was it ever something that was presenting um god presenting jesus as the way to god or was it just saying we're family friendly because we don't swear and i think i, I think that's the key it's it's not it's not even that it's good or bad or anything by a standard that is outside of god's standard it's just that it's not god's standard so we don't put our trust in it you can say that about anything um i love basketball we talked about basketball just a minute ago but the second i start saying well me trusting in basketball and trusting in the the my my having fun at it and all that it's always going to be safe for me and not going to lead me away from christ and it's going to take care of me then i don't know basketball is probably not the best decision but i just think with disney man so many parents for so long I've just trusted, hey, Disney, I can leave my kids in front of it without any supervision. And, I and we just find out again, we just find out again, the things of this world are not the things of God. They're different things. Can I, can I bring it even, even closer to home to more and more parents? How about school? School is yeah. what you're supposed to be able to trust. You have yeah. to be in school. School has got to be the most important thing in your life. I, I, I can still remember this one. I, this goes back to telling a story of myself this is back when I was at Catholic uh, CCD, which is equivalent to like Sunday school, catechism, whatever. And the teacher sent home a note, um, you know, like a progress report saying that I was the spark of the class. And I was like really happy about that because in regular school, I wasn't. And I remember my mom looking at me saying, well, how come you're not like this in a regular school? It's like, well, maybe... I didn't say it back then, but as I look back on it, I say, well, maybe because this stuff has eternal consequences, you know, um, you know, I wish, I wish I could have had uh, um, that, that support back then, but still we send our kids to school and, you know, we get all upset we'll check because, out. because we don't, um, they can't go to school during the pandemic and it's online learning and blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're not socializing and they're not this. And you know what, I'll be honest. We, we homeschooled our eldest um, from about fifth grade on, fourth grade on, fifth grade on, I think it was. Our other two, we went sent to Christian schools. Why? Because we did not support the secularization of their minds. I, I, and there are, I, I, with schools, there are different thoughts on it. I, I completely get that some people fall in different camps, but I, I think the real challenge is you just can't check out and, and give your responsibility over to somebody else. Um, you have to be involved. You have to bring God into every situation. You have to, monitor. I don't know. And, and um, I think in decision-making, honing in on that, as a parent, if you do send your child to public school, you have to say, hey, what are you learning at public school? What are you experiencing at public school? How does this relate to what we're teaching you about Christ? I mean, I went, you know, I went to public school all the way through. As did I. But I was blessed by a Christian father and Christian grandparents who said, okay, this is what you're learning here, but this is what we believe, you know, in terms of being Christian. And, and I think what did I learn from that was I have to be able to think for myself. I can't, and this is, 
I'm a product of the 60s, so I'm going to admit this. I don't trust authority. I've never have a trusted authority. That's always been an issue. Um, I, I remember Pete and I, when I was in uh, high school with him, and we were kicking Polish footballs off a music stand, and the music teacher walked in, and I kept kicking the Polish football, even though she was in the room, and then I went and did my chores for her. You know, I, I have issues with authority. But part of the reason I have issues with authority is because I think for myself. And I understand as I walk in Christ, this is something that I have to do. I have to think for myself. I, I, I'm still honing in on two things you're talking about, Josh. Number one, you can't check out. You cannot check out. You have to be aware of who you are in Christ. And, and number two is that you have to say for yourself, hey, my walk in Christ is number one in my decision-making first. So, um, so though I, when I was putting this together and thinking about decision-making, um, I, I kept finding myself sort of leaning back in, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, key phrase in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path, which is the way we began this. And I think we're all in agreement. It, it has to be bathed in the reality of who you are in Christ when you start approaching godly decision-making. So Pete, that's sort of what I think we were leaning in on. I, I think this has been a good podcast personally. Yeah, Josh, did you have something to say? You started literally leaning in there. You no, both? I was just saying, I, I, I think we do. I, I think a lot of us have problems with authority, but I, I think Ultimately, we have to recognize that God must be our authority. And, um, and, and I was just, and I, was, and I know you guys know that, but I was just going to read a passage in James 4, 7 and 8. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Mm -hmm. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. No, the, the call of that is to choose this day. Um, and I think we do that with every decision. So, Amen. And Amen. I think too, and I just to go along with both of you, with what both of you have just said, I believe that if we are wanting to make godly decisions, we have to keep more and more at the forefront of our mind that we will one day answer to God for those decisions. I'm not going to answer to my general superintendent. I'm not going to answer to my Facebook friends. I might answer to Don or Josh, but no, I don't think so. Um, but I seriously, um, in no joking way, we will answer to God, and he is our ultimate authority. He is the one to whom we will stand or fall, the Bible says in, in Romans 14. So godly decisions, interesting topic, very important topic, how to make Christ-like decisions. Um, Don, I thank you so much for... Um, leading this today josh your um comments and your your contributions have been very very valuable to what we've talked about today i hope that mine have been at least a fraction as valuable as as what you guys have been but i do thank you both for sharing your thoughts and hopefully we'll be helping people through this in making godly decisions uh, as we as we move throughout these lives of ours in christ so for Pastor Josh Kugel, for Pastor Don McDonald, this is Pastor Pete Becky, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace, and Lord willing, we'll see you again next time. 
This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Thank you.